blessings to everybody. A couple quick announcements, and then uh, we're actually going to uh, announce something about our kids and youth uh, ministry. So October 27th, this Friday, is our food ministry setup. Happens at 1.30 in the Fellowship Hall. Love for those of you that want to come and help them set things up for Saturday, our free food uh, ministry. It begins at 9 o'clock through the community, but if you want to come out and serve, come at 8.30. We have several places that you can help, inside, outside, upside down even, we can do it. Uh, bring your family, bring the kids, bring people around. It's a great opportunity uh, to serve. And then on that Sunday, so Friday, food set up, Saturday, food ministry. Sunday, we're going to do water baptism after service. I believe we have six that have signed up. If you haven't signed up, let us know either at the end of service or you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, and on the contact information, send it. Just say, hey, I want to I be water baptized. What do I need to do? And so we'll do that uh, right after service. And then here's another important part. Bring your favorite meal to share. Look at somebody and say, what do you cook good? All right, what do you cook good? Some of you are like, yeah, I, I pick up fried chicken at Ralph's, right? That's what I do good. I go to In-N-Out. I do that good. I usually call, actually, Zhang here. I already get my lumpia here, right? The best egg rolls, right, for us uh, people in America that you have. So anyways, uh, water baptism, and then we do a celebration, potluck, bring your favorite dish. So I'm going to call up Zhang. Did Brett want to come too? Oh, he's going to come up. And Jesus, I saw him in the back. Jesus, come on up. Give these guys a big hand as they come on up. Come on up on the stage. All right, so we have an important announcement about kids' ministry and then restarting our youth ministry. Go ahead, babe. So for some time now, we have been praying about, Lord, send us folks to serve the youth and the kids of our church. And um, every avenue we had been going down seemed to uh, be a dead end. And I, I continued to pray, and I told Walt, before the end of the year, I want the Lord to wrap this up for us. If we are going to be diligent about um, caring for the people that the Lord has in this house and the ones he's going to bring, then we need to be uh, stewards of our kids and our youth. And so that was my heart before the Lord. Lord, send us people. Well, he had the two right in the house. <laughs> And this morning we wanted to announce, announce that Zhang will be our kids leader. Yes, please, thank you. She loves the kids of the Hills Church. She is fabulous in there with our kids. She works well with our leaders and I am thrilled that she is going to be taking this on. She told me, she said to me, thank you. I'm like, no, thank you. Thank you, Lord, and thank you, Jang, for stepping in. Do you have anything you would like to share? <laughs> no. And if you could see even her class, I should have took a picture ahead of time to get it up. But she is all set up for the kids, teaching, crafts, activity. She even said, if you go three hours today, we'll be ready. Oh, okay, great. No, all right. Yep. So. Every time she is in there, 
I end up getting pictures after service of everything they've done. She loves your kids. So will you and once again yeah. welcome with me Jane to All right. Kids All right. So our, yeah, our last youth ministry class, my daughter, which many of you have not met because she ended up going and got married, right? And left me. No, I, uh, she's a blessing. And so she was the one that would do actually our screens and she did our, our youth ministry. And she moved him into the front here. He was hiding in the back. So as actually this has probably been the last year or so, we had felt that Jesus was the one to lead and, and go ahead and share. Uh, and the confirmation of that, I have been telling Walt, I think this is Jesus. This is supposed to be Jesus. And Pastor Eric in the back, he told Walt this was a number of months ago. He said, that guy back there, he's your youth leader. I told Walt, do you see? I've been telling you. So we want to welcome Jesus into this role. We know Jesus's family. We knew Jesus's dad. And Jesus's dad was a pastor evangelist. And we met, he was here when we started here. And uh, when I approached Jesus about doing youth, and actually I feel this way about your whole family, but I told Jesus, I said, this is part of the legacy of your father and the ministry that was on his life and he just began to cry as he is now. Hmm. And he said, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. So Jesus, along with Pastor Eric, Pastor Eric will be for a couple of months in there with um, Jesus. They'll be um, doing youth the first and third Sunday of every month. After worship, they will exit and head over to our youth room. Um, but uh, also on that team, they are not here today, but Drew and Stephanie, they're going to be handling all the activities. So probably every five to six weeks, they'll do a youth activity to build community. The first activity is Friday, November 3rd. There will be a fall festival here at the church put on by the Homeschool Academy that meets here during the week. So we are excited. Jesus, would you like to share? say thank you first mm -hmm. off i'm gonna i'll praise to god everything above me all, everything just from i'll praise to god above all uh <laughs> sorry i get really emotional i'm not scared of talking in front of people but i i just get emotional sometimes and uh i think this is a beautiful thing that um that god call um presented to our pastors and pastor eric and um all i can say is lead me lord you know I, I, I love each and every one of you. Um, I'm, I'm going to love your kids. You know, I'm going to do my best to just speak what God places in my heart. So he, I, cause I, 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 <laughs> I look at the world around me. Um, I'm not on social media. I hate social media. I think social media is disgusting, <laughs> toxic. Some videos are funny. Cat videos are funny, you know, of dog videos. But other than that, um, you know, there's a lot of perversion out there on these videos. There's a lot of toxicity. There's a lot of deception. And I hate that. And I want to be used by God to draw your kids, your, your nephews, your nieces, your grandchildren's attention towards the Almighty. Mm -hmm. Because 
this world, you know this world is so dark and <laughs> this, this world is dark. This world is filled with a lot of evil stuff that, that, that can be presented as a cute little harmless thing. But in actuality, when you look at the things with spiritual eyes, you can see the evil behind a lot of things, you know, a lot of, a lot of dirty stuff. And um, I want to be able to be there to be used by God to, to remove the calluses, to remove the veils from those kids' eyes. You know, I, I just want to be used by God to do whatever it is that he has for me to do with those kids, to speak to them, to share with them, to guide them, you know, not to judge them, not to push them, not to, not to pull them, but just to be there with open arms, just like Jesus would be. Amen. All right. Thank you. God bless. Amen. Let's we pray for you guys. Come on up here. Come on in. Would you extend your right hand? You know, the Bible says that our right hand is a hand of blessing. Father, we thank you over Zhang, and we thank you over Jesus right now. Lord, I remember in Luke chapter 2, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and men. And that was Jesus at 12 years of age. And so, Lord, we pray over young people that are not only here, kids that are here, but, Lord, we thank you, those that will come, that, Father, that you're preparing a a place for them in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we, we say open up the floodgates, open up the heavens, Uh, Open up those gates and send them. And Lord, I thank you that you lead and guide by your Holy Spirit, by your word. Lord, protect their lives today. We thank you that angels surround them. And we thank you for uh, multiplying people to assist. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. And um, so those, well, actually kids and youth. So next Sunday on the 29th, the fifth Sunday, fifth Sunday, we usually have all the kids in service. But if any of you can remember when we had VBS, Alan Withrow that came, he's actually going to be with us next Sunday to do the kids and youth. He already texted me. He says, hey, he texts like this. Hey, bro, I'm going to L.A. Tuesday and getting crafts. You know, and toys for the kids, just let me know how many to expect. So he's already fired up uh, and ready to go. So anyways, uh, remember, next Sunday we'll have a special thing going on for our kids and youth. All right, two verses today for our tithes and offerings. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. I always like when I read that, ready to give, willing to share, right? Storing up a good foundation in heaven. And as we do each and every week, we're going to put a prayer up on the screen. Would you pray that today individually between you and your Father God in our time of offering? Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering... I live with a vision for eternal things and to extend your kingdom. Help me to let go of what is temporary and to lay hold of what is eternal. I give today with faith and vision for my future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
If you're giving today in service, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place that in the giving slot that's on the wall as you exit. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. And you can also download today's notes and play catch up maybe on the last week, several weeks of notes. All right. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phone, if you have your tablet, if you need to grab your neighbor's Bible real quick because they had their eyes closed, grab it and open with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. If you were with us the last uh, few weeks, we actually looked at Saul, who became Paul, the Apostle Paul. Saul to Paul. Paul talked about how he didn't come in a physical strength, a speaking strength, but he came in demonstration of the spirit and power. Last week, we looked at a couple, Aquila and Priscilla. We read about them in Acts chapter 18. And they're in the city of Corinth because they got kicked out of Italy, right? But they went to Corinth, they set up their tent-making business, and that's where they met Paul. They began to work together. They were actually very involved in the Corinthian church. Later we read that they had gone to Ephesus, which we read one of the books in our Bible, Ephesus, and Paul left them there, Aquila and Priscilla, with the church. So we know they were also... Uh, church leaders at the time later we read that paul wrote and said they saved my neck well we know in the book of acts there was it might have been that scenario there was a riot a revolt but he said they this couple they saved my neck right the apostle paul then later he greets them in fact he mentions it in the book he says tell them hello for me they've been a blessing to me this couple that we don't really read all of the different acts that they did, but they were willing to let God use them with the abilities and talents that they had. And Paul saw that, and Paul used them. Well, today I want to read Jesus' words in this story. I'm going to read a few verses here to set this up just for today. Luke chapter 10, verse 1, and I'm going to read on here for a bit. After these things... The Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then Jesus said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, or sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, they'll receive you. Eat such things that they set before you. And heal the sick there. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, Go out into its streets and say the very dust of your city which 
clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Can I read that one again? It will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than that city. Woe to you, Chazoran. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So, Father, we pray today as we read these verses, as Jesus sends out 70 into cities where he is going to go. And he gives them instructions about they're to be obedient, they're to live by faith. Lord, I pray that you speak to all of us. And Lord, I'll make it personal. Lord, you speak to me. What do you have for me to do? What would you send me out to do? We pray these things over all of us today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So Jesus says there's a harvest. In fact, that word translated uh, harvest, if we looked at it, it's the act of reaping. And I'll tell you this today. None of us really know about harvest. We hear that word, we don't know about it. In fact, it's letting us know that harvest, the crops are ripe for harvest. Now, I'm not that old, but when I was a kid, you can only get watermelon in the summer. Anybody remember that? You didn't have it year round. You could only get certain types of fruit in, in a certain season because it wasn't set up in greenhouses today. It wasn't imported today. You and I are blessed that almost any season we can walk into a grocery store and get a watermelon, right? We can get different fruits. We can get different things. We don't even think of harvest. In fact, when our kids were little, we always wanted to plant pumpkin seeds. But you can't do it October 1st, I would tell them, right? You can't plant it October 1st. There was a schedule. And the schedule was always like sometime in May or June. If you planted it then, you'd have something. Nowadays, you can almost get a pumpkin whenever. So the meaning of harvest for us is kind of thrown out there. The meaning for harvest for the farmers, for back in Jesus' time, that's when all of the crops came in, and that's when we had to get everybody busy, right? Everybody's got to do something. We've got to bring in the harvest. Otherwise, we're going to lose, 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 lose. Well, what was the assignment? Some of your Bibles, in fact, mine says 70. Some might, of yours might say 72. 
and it was based on certain manuscripts where some of the translations stuck it at 72 and some 70. Doesn't mean that it's inerrant at all, it just means a difference. So 35, two by two, are gonna go out to different cities and they're gonna prepare the way for Jesus. Now notice, did we read any names? Judy's in there, Ernie's in there, Kevin's in there, did, did we, Skies, did we read any names? There's no names. There's no names of the different people. I think that's what's interesting when Jesus says, here's what I want you to remember to be excited about. Be excited that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Be excited that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So there's no name, there's no recognition, but Jesus is going to send them out. See, I'd rather follow Jesus. Okay, Jesus, go to Capernaum, and then I'll go after you, because there's going to be people that were healed, there's going to be demons set free, there's going to be people we can start a church. You want me to go before you? And we'll see that in there, because he's wanting us to pray to the Lord of the harvest. So let's look at those first verses. Luke 10, verses 2 through 3. And he says to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, and behold, I have sent you out as lambs among wolves. And Jesus, again, is communicating, there's a great, great harvest opportunity. I just don't have enough people that can work the fields. I don't have enough people. You know, many of us have, have witnessed this today. How many stores have you gone to that say they're hiring? How many stores, restaurants, or other places that have had to change their hours or days of operation, not based on that they can't get food, they just don't have workers? Some places nowadays have stopped serving dinner. Some restaurants have stopped, uh, canceled a couple days during the week. Everybody's been affected by, what is it? Laborers, workers. And yet Jesus says, if I pray, the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers. If I pray, he'll send out laborers into the harvest. You know, when I think of this, and I, and I mention this often, Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, eternity, we read uh, with creator, with God, created everything in existence. He doesn't have enough workers at harvest time. He has a narrow gate for people to get into the kingdom. He also says that he put on a great feast and none of the people the invited came. They didn't show up. They didn't want to come. So he sent them out to go get others. And they said, we still have room. He says, we'll get back out to the highways and byways and compel them to come in that my house may be full. But Jesus comes back to that one point and he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. So the very first step is pray to the Lord to send people. And like Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. I don't like the lambs among wolves. I don't like that you said that, right? I'd rather you say something else, but here am I, send me. What's my assignment, Lord? What am I supposed to do? And he does, and he gives us that picture. He says, this is a dangerous mission. A lamb versus a wolf. 
Who wins? The lamb, right? He's a bad dude. He's been working out. No, right, right? <laughs> no he says, I'm going to send you out there, but I'm going to be with you. Uh, a pastor friend of ours, back in uh, 1996 was the Olympics in Atlanta. If you can remember back then, that's when I believe the guy's Eric Rudolph did a backpack bomb. In fact, there might have been a couple that had gone off. Uh, we had heard of churches before we had moved to North Carolina. There was going to be um, youth evangelist teams. They were going to go out and they were going to go and witness to all of these people that were now in Atlanta. And the minute those bombs went off, every parent pulled all the kids out, except for our friend Nick. He took his group to go minister in Atlanta after the bombings. And he would tell us story upon story of people that their hearts were open, that they received the Lord, they prayed over them, they were healed. And he says, you know, the best time to go is you go when it's dangerous time. You know, we had backed out a couple years ago uh, of the Israel trip. Actually, they backed out of us because of COVID, and it was reassigned to go this November to Israel. Well, we had already decided that we weren't going to go. And you would think of, oh, that's a good thing, right? You don't want to go. And then you think of this, right? How, you know how the Lord thinks? It's the best time to go, right? Now, you might not be saying, here am I, send me. But it's the best time to go. See, we look at in the, the worst situations, we think of we don't want to go. God looks at the others. There's an opportunity for harvest. And harvest is always on his heart. It's always on his heart. But notice that he says before the go that you need to pray. And I, I wrote this story down. In fact, I'll never forget. Whenever I see a hot baked potato, I remember this story. When we had planted our church in North Carolina and we had landed in October of 2005, we had built a, a home that we didn't move in till the end of November. The supervisor back there at the time said, I need a church up and going by Easter. I'm thinking, I haven't even like found where my stuff is yet. I need a church up and going by Easter. Well, it's just not that easy to do, right? There's relationships to build, all of those things. So we decided, we prayed about it, we were going to do a book study with all of our neighbors. All of our neighbors had moved from other states. We had New Jersey, New York, Florida, Pennsylvania, California. And so we invited everybody over for dinner. We had about 12 or 14 adults and we had about 12 kids. Everybody had like two kids. We at the time had an unfinished basement. We sent the kids down there. Here's a baseball, here's a bat, go at. No, don't hit each other though, you know, play. And so everybody was game to do it. Everybody was game to do it. Except the very next week, right before we're going to start our very first Bible study, Michelle planned dinner. She was going to do a hot potato bar. Had our little island all set up. We were all, all right, that sounds good. We'll get everybody there. One of the families came early, about an hour early, brought the book in. And I'm thinking they had a question about chapter one. And it wasn't. They said, chapter one, this is a bunch of bull. And they handed the book back. And they said, you know what? We just don't believe any of this. We're happy to help at some point, but we just want to let you know that we're not going to attend. I'm outside, and I see our other neighbor to the left, and I said hello to him. And he says, hey, by the way, um, we're not going to be coming tonight. He says, you know, I already did this book in a small group at my church. Oh, that would be great, though. You may have some great, you know, and no, he says, no, no, no. The Lord's told me right now just to be. I'm like, 
be what? Right, right. <laughs> just to be with him, right? Just to be. All right. So other neighbors didn't call or say anything. And finally, it's past, I think, the time we're supposed to start. And I see the two little girls coming down the street. Oh, great. Our family down the street's coming. And I said hello to them. Hey, girls, how you doing? You coming over for a Bible study tonight? No, we're going to the movies. And I thought, here they go. They run back. They get in the car, and they drive off down the road. And I wanted to go and grab a baked potato and throw it at that car. <laughs> Man, we actually had a lady from the church I was serving at. She had come over to do kids. And it was embarrassing because the only two kids there that night were, were the two. The week before, we had all of these lunch. And she's leaving with bags full of hot potatoes, right, to take home. And I remember that because when we get in those situations, the human typical reaction is you just quit, right? It's, it's not going to work, right? We hit some resistance. You know, they don't like your baked potatoes, Michelle. Um, try something else. We hit that resistance and yet we quit and we forget that the Lord is always at work. He's at work. He's at work. He's at work. Are you disappointed? Absolutely. Did you expect more? Absolutely. I remember we switched some gears. We did, um, for Easter we did, we didn't start a church, we did a resurrection egg hunt and two kids, our neighbors, accepted the Lord. Two kids. We did a um, block party and we provided some of the food for it until the thunderstorm with lightning came and we all ran for our lives toward the house. We were involved with that. But something changed in September when we just threw out that we were starting another Bible study. And then all of a sudden, all these different people started showing up. And it wasn't like we had to like try to get this one and that one and this one together and that one together. And I remember before we ended up moving to a building in our home and in our one basement, we had 60 people one night. You didn't know where to put them. And you think, six months ago, I was ready to throw potatoes at people. <laughs> right? That really, that ticked me off. That's when I should have quit. But the Lord of the harvest doesn't quit. Because he's always speaking to different hearts. You might be going somewhere specifically this week at a certain time just because it fits your schedule. And God knows that. He's going to place you at that specific place. But have you been praying that he uses you as an opportunity for the Lord of the harvest? In fact, Jesus, as we read these words in Luke chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, he who hears me, hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. He who rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. It's my message, it's my harvest, but have you prayed before you've gone? It's interesting if you look up, we don't know what cities all these ones went through. We might, might maybe a guess. Uh, we don't know all the different cities. Some speculate it was 35 cities. We don't read that. But they all went out and they all came back with a report that when they prayed and they would go and do what Jesus did, there was a report of healings that took place. There was a report of deliverance took place. They all got so excited about him and Jesus brought it back to that bit of remember, rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In fact, it's interesting they returned with joy returned with joy there's nothing on the inside of you that causes a, a joyful part 
of somebody hearing and making a decision about the Lord Jesus. Somebody that reaches out and has an experience. That, that is the, what's true, true, true joy. And that's what they, they experienced. They came back with joy and they said, hey, even the demons are subject to us. You know, now, let me read these verses and I'm going to close with Romans 12. But when I read, um, it's actually the 24 verses that um, Jesus talks about this one setting. I read that they were obedient to do what Jesus said to do. I read that they had endurance, that they would overcome obstacles. I read that there was a simplicity. It was the message of the gospel given to the people in the different cities. There was a trust because I leave that outcome to him because Jesus is going to come. There's a responsibility because of the weight of the assignment. There's a satisfaction in the joy of what he calls you to do. And there's a gratitude that takes place because you're thankful for what he wants to do. You know, and I was thinking about this, and I, I do have socks on. We had a guy at our church years ago. He was mad at me. And he came up to the church and out front. Oh, there was dust that came off. I dust my shoes off at you today. <laughs> Put that down. And I thought, wow. Wow. It was a bad analogy because we didn't reject him. Clean my shoes. Let me read Romans 12, 14 through 21. In fact, we're all going to read this together. Romans 12, 14 through 21. Say this with me. Ready? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not throw potatoes. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, and as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give no place to wrath. For it is written... Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Bless, 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 rejoice. Bow your head, if you would, with me today. All of us are involved in difficult situations. All of us desire and want to follow the Holy Spirit on exactly what to do. And when I read, bless, bless, rejoice, rejoice, weep, weep, right? Father, we, we come today in sometimes even in the most uh, difficult situations. Lord, this is something that when the Apostle Paul teaches this, it's teaching us something of the Spirit because this is not naturally what we do. But Lord, I pray that we come back and we remember those words that we pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. We pray to the Lord of the harvest. If you're here today and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, 
I'm going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask everybody to say it out loud with me. But I invite you to pray it along with me uh, as if you're saying it to me. And here, here's what the Bible says in Romans 10, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So I want all of us to pray this prayer. Would you pray this with me out loud? Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that today, or first time or maybe even rededicated, it's the most important first step. And we want to pray with you uh, after the service as well, too. So stand with me if you would, and we're going to close with this one song. I thought we were going to start two-stepping. Darn. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh. Well, it's been a good day in God's house, hasn't it? Amen, amen, amen. I don't know about you, but uh, the days that we're living in, he's speaking to his people. If you have ears to hear, he will speak. He is wanting to share with you where you should go, who you should speak to, because there are people, there is a harvest. I've heard somebody call the harvest merely his lost family. There's lost family members out there that he wants to talk to you about. He doesn't want them lost anymore. As many as we can invite back into the kingdom, he wants to use you to invite them back. Short story, I got back a week ago from Tennessee. And while I was out there, I went to go visit somebody um, the day before I was leaving. They were about an hour away from where my sister lived. I had connected with this person on social media. However, we've actually known each other since we were small girls. We were never friends. We went to school together. We're never friends. We had different uh, circles of people we hung out with. But, and then our children went to school together. And we were still never friends. Our lives just kind of mingled around each other. And on social media, we had connected, and um, I had asked her to go to lunch. She had actually reached out to me, asked me a question about some homeschooling stuff. I responded and said, would you like to go to lunch? Because she lived in a neighboring city. And she said, well, Michelle, I'd really like to. However, I no longer live in California. I moved to Tennessee. I said, oh, well, where in Tennessee do you live? And she named the same city that my sister lives in. Although that city's really large, so it was actually an hour away from where my sister lived. I said, well, I'm going to be out there in about a month. Can I come and see you? Now, this is unusual because we're not really friends. The day before leaving, the Lord reminds me, you said you wanted to go see her. I asked you to go see her, message her. So I did. I messaged her and I said, I'm leaving in a day. Um, can I come out and see you? She said, sure. She responded back again and she said, 
I don't have anything to offer you to eat because we haven't done our grocery shopping, which I didn't know what that meant except that they live in the boondocks. So now I, I understood once I got there. I said, I'm not coming here for food. I'm coming here to see you and to pray over what you guys are doing out here. I don't typically invite myself to people's homes or say, I'm coming to pray for you and your house. I don't do that. But I did because the Lord said to do it. I didn't know why. I get out there. What they did was they bought a school. A school that closed up. They left California, moved to Tennessee, bought a school with the intention of part of it, the facility being used for ministry and the other part being their home and then using the grounds for um, foster kids to be reunited with their families. I was amazed, shocked, couldn't believe it. I said, can we pray and can I pray over you guys? We grabbed hands on that property and we began to pray. I prayed over them. They were weeping. And they said, nobody's come out here to do this. Why would you come? I said, because the Lord said to come. She said, I looked at my husband last night in bed and said, I think Michelle thinks she's coming to see somebody else. I'm not the person she thinks I am. I said, I don't know really who you are except that Jesus wants you to know that he's got you covered. I'm telling you that story for this reason. I know there's a couple people in this church midweek, every week, head to the mall just to be instructed by the Lord to pray for individuals. We are living in days that if you have ears to hear, the Lord will instruct you where to go, who to speak to, because he has a kingdom to advance and lost family to bring in, and he wants to use his other family members, and that's you and me. Are you up for the gig? I am. Are you up for it? I want to be used by Jesus more than I've ever been used before. So I challenge you this week. I challenge you this week. And next Sunday, I want you to come up to me and tell me who the Lord told you to speak to and how did it go. I want you to be listening. It could be the clerk at the grocery store. It could be the teacher at your kid or grandkid's school. It could be another parent. But I want you to be listening, and I want you to do and obey. Next Sunday, and if you don't say anything to me, I'm going to ask you, are you listening? Who did he tell you to speak to? Amen? So you got the homework assignment for the week. You got it? God bless you. If you need prayer, please come down. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you.